Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. Like Tucker Carlson, I am back. How his cancellation and return has inspired me. And I thought the D in democracy was supposed to stand for debate, discussion, disagreement. So why are the leaders of the two political parties, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, shying away from legitimate debate? Welcome to Counterthought. I am back from my unplanned one-month break. The last episode I did was when Trump was indicted by Albert Bragg, Alvin Bragg in New York City, which I can't believe was one month ago, but Work got a little bit busy for me, um, unplanned, but also expected. I took a new job in January and I expected there to be times when, you know, my nights would I'd be working long nights and sure enough uh, that came to pass and I just, I just couldn't create an episode. I know it's one a week, but I just couldn't do it. Um, but I am glad to be back. I remembered all my passwords. I remembered how to set up the studio. You know, I'm sitting here recording right now. So all is, is good. But a lot has happened in the news and the political sphere in one month, right? A news cycle lasts 20, 24 hours, 48 hours. But there's so much that has happened in our country. One of the main things that has occurred was the cancellation of Tucker Carlson from Fox News about two weeks ago. You know, he signed off a Friday show, seemed like he was coming back on Monday. The information that's come out was that he was expecting, you know, to return to work on Monday. His staff, his producers and everything were producing a show for that Monday night, that 8 p.m. slot, when they found out that he was not returning. And then there's been a lot of drama, a lot of leaks and everything over the past two weeks. And finally, on Tuesday of this week, Tucker Carlson reemerged or returned. This is, I think, his second video that he's released, but this one was the official return of, of him and his own platform. He set up a website, tuckercarlson.com, and he announced that he is going to be creating a similar version of his show that he had on Fox News. I'm sure there's some legal reasons why he can't do the exact same thing, but he is taking his talents to Twitter. Twitter is not, there's no uh, agreement or anything like that between Twitter and him. They're not giving him any money. He's going to be subjected to the same types of monetization policies as any other creator on the platform. Very similar, I think, uh, to YouTube and and Rumble based on the number of ads and monetization and all of their policies and the different metrics you have to hit. You know, you can earn significant amounts of money uh, on those platforms. But the whole Tucker situation inspired me. You know, this podcast, this week we hit the two the two-year mark. So uh, thank you to all of you who have listened and have watched uh, we started out again, you know, just only audio for the first, I think, seven months or so. And then for the last uh, 16 months have been audio and video. So thank you for, you know, listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. 
And thank you for watching on YouTube and Rumble. But Tucker's cancellation inspired me. One of the things that he said uh, soon after when he, you know, his first video is, you know, when you get too close to the truth, and he reiterated this in Tuesday's um, announcement. So when you get too close to the truth, or when you start asking questions that people don't want to answer, then you know you are one, you're doing something right. But he also said that that's when people want to shut you up. And when he was canceled, there were many in the left-wing media that were praising him. Those on The View, they started the chant, like, na-na-na-na, hey-hey, goodbye. AOC, you know, said, like, love to see him canceled. It couldn't have happened to a better guy. But I can't help but going to sleep at night and thinking that, like, in a Marvel movie or whatever, there's going to be a hand that reemerges, you know, that comes through the screen at the end of the credits, and then he's going to return. Well, sure enough, he has. But what has inspired me about the whole Tucker situation is the fact that he is not, you know, he is not limiting himself, himself to, you know, the, I guess the, not the stereotype, but he is not limiting, limiting himself to just his, his belief, his ideology. He's not saying, you know, well, I'm a conservative and conservatives have to believe this. So this is everything I'm going to believe. No, he's, he's been open about this in various podcasts and other interviews that, hey, you know, I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to share my true beliefs. And if that takes me a little out of bounds of, of I guess, his, his ideology, political ideology, his political you know, beliefs, such as conservative, conservatism or being an independent or you know, just being a, um, an older, old school Republican, He's fine with that, you know, it's to be true to yourself. And that resonated with me because I have done some of that myself, but there have been a couple of things where I've, you know, kind of held my tongue for whatever reason, no really good reason, because I'm in control of everything that I produce here. You know, I'm not, I don't have any bosses or anything like that. I'm, I'm my own boss, but that resonated with me and has inspired me to, to do the same. You know, I don't have investigative journalists or anything like that to, to call upon and work and, you know, to help me in that, you know, in that way. But when it comes to sharing my ideas, my, my beliefs, my values that may stray from, you know, the conservative flag that I hold, I'm going to do that. I've done that a little bit, you know, with my red flag law episode, I've done that in some other episodes, you know, talking about student debt and, but you'll notice in that episode, I wasn't fully, I didn't fully, um, say whether I believed one, I guess, whether or not there should be um, forgiveness or not. You know, I stopped short of that. I, I kind of walked up to the edge, but I didn't fully commit. So instances like that, like, you know, I'm no longer going to to tiptoe. I'm just going to to share my beliefs, be true to myself and and, and be comfortable with that. So I'm glad that Tucker is is resurfacing. We'll see how everything goes with with Twitter and if that is just step one of his of his um, next phase of his career, you know he has a website. Twitter, I think, has subscriptions, and um, then you can pay. I think during live streams and have like a, a, a super or something. I forget what it's called. You know, like twenty bucks or whatever, and you know all these different ways to to earn money. And the videos he's posting so far, getting like ten plus million views for every single 
every single video, how is that going to translate to, you know, like a full episode? Is he going to go for 45 minutes like he used to if you took out all the commercials on, on his 8 p.m. cable news slot on Fox News? Or is it going to be shorter? You know, my podcast episodes typically range between 20, 25, 30, maybe 35 minutes when I'm by myself. If I, have, if I have a guest, you know, I get up to 50 minutes to an hour or something like that. So it's yet to be seen how he's going to transition and structure this uh, this new platform of his and the legal aspect and the, everything going to Fox News. We'll see how that plays out as well. But Tucker Carlson and his whole situation has inspired me to be true to my beliefs, to my values. And if that takes me a little bit out of bounds of conservatism, then that's fine. I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay with that. And, and if you're listening and you want to, you know, yell at me for, you know, not being true to being a conservative Republican, then by all means do that. Then let's have the discussion a debate, a disagreement. You know, that's what we are supposed to be able to do with free speech, which brings me to the main topic of this episode, which is Joe Biden and Donald Trump saying that they do not want to debate in the primaries. They don't want to debate in the primaries because their lead is too big. Joe Biden, he's the incumbent. You know, he has no real challengers, so to speak. Although Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is polling at about 18%. Um, Marianne Williamson is, I, I think, maybe around 1%, maybe maybe 2%. I know the DNC has certain you know um, qualifications to be able to get on the debate stage. I think I know the RNC does as well. I can't remember the exact percentage if you have to be 2% to 5%, somewhere around in there to be on the debate stage. And, and I think that's fine. I think I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is the leaders of these <clears throat> these parties, Joe Biden's case being the incumbent, and then Donald Trump being the front runner in the Republican, um, you know, primary process so far. Which again, this is all very early, and I think the whole election season process is way too long. I mean, we're talking about having the first couple of debates here. I think in maybe um, June or July and August of this year. Then you have like a, an entire 14 months to go through the primary process. And then the general process, I think, begins in March of 2024 and lasts seven to eight months. I mean, it is just it is just ridiculous how long this lasts. It's crazy. But I believe, regardless of how big your lead is, that you need to debate. I mean, in the... For the sake of democracy, right? And both parties say, "Oh, we're for the, we're for democracy," but then yet the the leaders, the front runners of the of each party, don't want to debate. Like, why? What are you afraid of? Are you not confident in yourself that you can beat someone in a debate that's polling at two percent, five percent, fifteen percent, maybe twenty or twenty five percent in like DeSantis's case against Donald Trump? I mean, what are you afraid of? That's not very democratic. You don't you don't want to debate because you say your lead is too big. You should be confident in yourself to be able to just be like, okay, you know, this little person who has 2%, going to wipe the floor with them. So be a piece of cake, you know, take two hours of my time on cable news and, and be done with it. 
I've heard similar arguments to not debating when it comes to, to sports. Um, huge sports fan here in what I've seen or when this has occurred um, has been like in college football. College football, you have your regular season conference champion. My case, University of Florida, Florida Gators. So let's say my guys went 12-0 and 0, and they won the Eastern Division by you know, two games. And then now they have to square off against a team in the West. But let's say the West didn't have a high caliber team. Let's say the best team in the West went eight and four, eight and four versus 12 and zero. There have been arguments of, okay, well, since, since the 12 and zero team, since the Gators are going to be playing for, you know, the national championship qualifying for the national championship, or in this case, now the college football playoff, all the, like they have nothing to gain from this game. They they're 12 and 0, you know, they're the number one team in the country. So why should the number one team in the country have to play this unranked or maybe the top 20 team where, when who had an eight and four record who we know they like the Gators are way better than this team. Why do they have to play this game? They have nothing to gain. They have everything to lose, but that's not a competitor's mentality. If you're a true competitor, you should be confident, like, I mean, sure, the, the injury argument, someone could get injured, okay. But from a pure competition standpoint, you should be like, shoot, we're 12-0. and 0. We're going to wipe the floor with this 8-4 and 4 team. Get out of here. Get out of Atlanta. That's where they play the game for the SEC championship. And we are going to qualify and expect on Sunday when the playoff announcements are made that we are going to be one of those teams that is selected. You shouldn't shy away from playing a team that you think is, or maybe even in this case, no, is not as good as you, you should be so confident in your abilities that you can just go out, handle your business, and and move on. And I believe that's the same for these debates coming up in the, in the election cycle for the 2024 election, whether it's in the primary process. You should be debating. I mean, what, are you not confident enough in your in your policies, in your record, to debate someone who's polling below you, well below you. The recent polls, I think, has Trump at like a plus 30 against DeSantis, who is in second place. And then Joe Biden is plus 30 plus as well against RFK Jr. What you should... You should step right up on that debate stage. For all of this talk that we've heard over the last six coming on seven years of we're fighting for democracy, you know, from both sides. Debate is part of democracy. Debate is how you present yourself, how others see you beyond just the political ads. Political ads, you can, you know, make yourself look look perfect and say all the right things. The debate stage, you know, you have the moderator and they're asking you questions and you got to be on your feet, you know, and, and everything. And it gives people, I guess it removes the veil so they can see you as, as who you really are and get a better picture of, of who you are and of your policies and your values and so on and so forth. When you're on the debate stage, you know, it's okay to, to debate, to have disagreement, to have a discussion. Like that should be 
we should welcome that. That is should be encouraged. And I'm glad those in each party, the, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, there are those who are saying like, you know, you you should really debate. Like there are those on TV who have said like, oh no, like, you know, why does Biden need to debate? He's the incumbent. Like this is ridiculous. And those on the Republican side are like, you know, why did Donald Trump even need to debate? He himself though has said he does not want to debate. Why? Be confident in yourself. If you believe you can be the president of the United States, then you should believe in your policies and your abilities. So go out there, wipe the floor with those who are pulling, you know, second, third, fourth place, 20, 30, 40, 80 points below you and just handle your business. Why are we, why are some of us okay with the fact that we want someone to lead, be the leader of our country and in, in the case of the United States, the leader of the free world and be okay with them not debating? Do they really think that one slip up, let's say they have one bad debate is going to sink their campaign if they're the front runner by 30, 40, 50 points? There are multiple debates there's i think at least three in the prime in the primary and then i think there are at least three in the general plenty of opportunity if you have a slip up to to regain your footing and with the sizable leads that each of these candidates have i don't think one slip up is going to sink either of them and now i know you might be saying okay well joe biden is so old that's why they don't want him out there and i agree i agree but take Joe Biden out of it and we would want any Democrat running for office, running for the president of the United States, whether it's in the general or the primary to debate. That is what we should welcome. And it's laughable head. It's not even head scratching because it's so predictable, but to hear those that cry about democracy being under attack. And then those same individuals also in support of no debate means that these people are not serious. And if they think they're serious, then they don't know what they are talking about. We should encourage this debate. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, they should be on the debate stage in the primary debating the fellow, their fellow Democrat and Republican candidates. Like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Be confident. Be the powerhouse that you are, right? You know, going back to the sports analogy, be that 12 and 0 team, that undefeated team, handle your business, and then move on to the next debate. Handle your business, move on, win the general election for your party, and then square off again. And I mean, in the primary, and then square off again in the general. We should not be okay with no debates. Debate should be encouraged. This is how we hone our skills. This is how we refine our our um, our stances, our our platforms, our values. Our um, you know, iron sharpens iron, so to speak, right? And this is how you you do that through debate. If you go unchallenged, then you then you don't have a way to sharpen your skills. You'll never know how good your arguments actually are, how your beliefs stack up against someone else against, you know, being peppered with questions. This is a chance for you to not only show the people who you are, 
and, and to back up your your values and your policy ideas and everything else. But debate, on you know, through free speech, the First Amendment is at the heart of democracy. We are electing representatives, and to blindly put representatives into office, which we have done way too much, and I say we as we the American people, not necessarily you, but we as the American people, we've we've become lazy. We just vote, you know, red all the way down the ticket, blue all the way down the ticket, don't do any kind of research. We have become, too many of us have become low informational voters. You know, low IQ voters. It's up D next to the name, vote. R next to the name, vote. And we see that 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 leads to problems. Those representatives then get into office and we're like, whoa, 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 we don't we don't necessarily agree with that. Or maybe the person we voted for didn't didn't win. We saw a lot of this in the 2022 midterms where a lot of Republicans, you know, there were we expected a red wave, but that did not happen. There are a lot of candidates who we expected to win, but did not win. You know, maybe they were a little too extreme and, you know, they just, they just didn't perform well. They were, the argument is that the, some of them were bad, bad candidates. But the expectation I think was that because they had an R by their name, you know, you're just going to go and vote and put them into office. Well, that, that didn't happen. You know, we need to thoroughly vet these individuals and debate is one way to do that. So Joe Biden and Donald Trump, they must debate. I hope they both come come to their senses and debate and that their handlers and the DNC and the RNC will make them debate because that in the name of democracy, in the name of this constitutional republic that we have, they need to debate. They need to debate their um, challengers in the primary and then they need to debate each other or whoever you know the nominees are coming out of both parties. The nominees for the Democrat and the Republican Party need to debate at least three times in the general. Three times in the general. But in order to save democracy, in order to truly believe in democracy, we have to believe we have to believe in debate. We have to believe in the discussion, the disagreement of ideas. To me, that is at the heart of the D in democracy. Debate, disagreement, and discussion. Not only do we need that from the leaders of the parties, from the representative of our parties, but we as individuals should do that ourselves. Know why you believe what you believe and be open to conversations about that. That is the only way, not the only way, but that is one way to strengthen our country, to strengthen ourselves individually, and to strengthen our country. Going back to Tucker Carlson, we saw him being canceled because he was asking questions no one wanted to answer. You know, no one wants to, no one wants to op- open up that closet door. No one wants to, to look behind that bed or under that bed. We don't need to silence speech. We don't need to silence individuals. We don't need to just assume that this person is the right person to represent us. We need to 
thoroughly vet the individuals, have the discussions, have the debates before giving people the power to represent us and also to hold them accountable, to hold them accountable before giving them that power. So Joe Biden and Donald Trump, they need to debate. And Tucker Carlson, again, his whole situation, and we'll see how the legal aspect plays out, but his cancellation and now reemergence has, and the values he is standing by, has inspired me moving forward to, to do the same. Not to worry about the flag that I'm holding, the conservative flag that I'm holding. Yes, I'm going to probably line up with that 90% of the time, 95% of the time. But I'm going to stay true to my convictions and share those with you here through this podcast. And I encourage you to comment on my YouTube videos, on the Rumble videos. Go to you know, my Instagram, my Facebook page and comment on the post for each episode. And if you disagree, please share. Please share. Maybe there's something, you know, that maybe a disagreement. That could shape my opinion moving forward, right? Just as much as I'm on here talking, I encourage you to talk just as much and do so with me, whether you agree, disagree, or, you know, are impartial, just share with me your reaction, your response to what it is I share with you. Let's have that discussion and see where it leads. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.